Let's take our Bibles, if you will, and turn to Genesis chapter number 13. I want to read this chapter here with the thought in mind of the goings and comings and went and came of Abraham and Lot. We've been pointing that out this week. Not so bad as long as uh, you know where you're going and where you come from. The Bible is filled with verses, 200 or more, that have those two words in it, where somebody went and came. We're going to notice with Abraham and Lot. And, uh, of course, uh, we could go to Joseph's life. It's full of it. Uh, We could go to Jonah's life and his experience. It's full of it. And uh, all the way through, as we noticed Ruth and we noticed Naomi and Jesus, the Bible said, John 6, he came, and then in Acts 1, he went. But that's not only so about the characters of the Bible. That's so about all of our lives. Life is the goings and comings and the went and came. It is from dust to dust. And I want to look at Abraham and uh, Lot, and I want us to notice their goings and comings uh, in light of the view that they had. The goings and comings of life and the view that they had along the way. And my goodness, hasn't life offered us a lot of views? I'm glad that I can see. Had a young man tell me many years ago, he said, Preacher, I'm going Saturday night on a blind date. Two weeks passed, and he never mentioned it. And I said, Brother, what, what about the blind date? He said, Well, it'd been a lot better if I'd have been blind. <laughs> Well, I'm glad for what the Lord has been able to let us see. And along life's journey, there are going to be those spiritual sights, moral sights, and those physical sights. We all could tell of the physical sights we have been privileged to to see. Uh, Esther and I have been blessed to be in uh, 48 of the 50 states we missed Rhode Island. Don't ask me how. Saw all of those new, and missed Rhode Island. And we haven't been to Alaska. I've been privileged to see the many sites of Egypt. Preached there for 10 days years ago. Israel, Greece. A couple of three years ago went to Ireland. And of course, uh, across uh, the country. Monument Valley. Uh, Arches National Park, Million Dollar Highway, Redwood National Forest, uh, Mount St. Helens, Glacier National Park, Yellowstone, uh, Niagara Falls. Those are things that my eyes have beheld in the physical sense. But all oh, they're not near as glorious. If I could somehow let you see what I have seen in the spiritual sense. 
But I'm glad for the visions and sights that we can see along life's journey. But because sight is so important, we must be cautious because it is one of the great channels of temptation, the lust of the eye. And I want us to look at this. Uh, We're going to deal here with Abraham and Lot and their view along the way. Look at verse number 1. The Bible said, chapter 13 of Genesis, and Abraham went up. Notice that. He went up. Out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot with him into the south. Abraham was very rich in cattle and silver and gold, and he went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel and to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Hai, and to the place of the altar which he had made there at first, and there Abram called on the <coughs> name of the Lord. And Lot also, look at this, which went with Abram, had flocks, herds, and tents. And the land was not able to bear them that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, so they could not dwell together. There was a strife between the herdsmen of Abram's cattle and the herdsmen of Lot's cattle. Look in verse 8, and Abram said to Lot, that there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdsmen and thy herdsmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes. And beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar, looked pretty good. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan. And Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes and look. He said, Now, Abram, Lot saw some things. I want to show you some things along the way. From the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward, for all the land that thou seest, to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. They're seeing two different things along life's journey. What are you looking at? And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth. Look in verse 17. Arise, walk through the land and the length of it and the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. And Abram removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. And also I would read to you a verse 
in the book of Luke, chapter number 17, the Bible said in verse 28 through 30, likewise also as it was in the days of Lot. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went, we're talking about the goings and comings, the went and came. That's what life's all about. But there'll be some views along the way. You've got to be careful with those views. And Lot went out of Sodom. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. I want to look at this matter of the view. Making choices or making moves based upon what you see or what you think you see, we must be very, very cautious. Because sometimes our vision can be cloudy, focus can be blurred. Perception can be little more than deception. You may have tunnel vision. I guess we could say for sure that surely Lot needed to see an optometrist before he ever made his move to make sure that what he was seeing was what he thought he saw. There are four things that I want to say to you tonight that each one of us, four different things that we need to consider before we ever make a move based upon sight. Because truth of the matter is, most of the moves that we make have a connection to our sight. The car you bought, you looked at it first, and that made the decision for you. The wife that you married, you looked at her first. I hope you did. Before you married her. The house that you bought, you looked at first before you bought it. All of life is connected to the channel of the vision. But I'm going to tell you something. There may be some casual views that you can make a choice as a result of it that doesn't amount to much. I'm always, uh, when it comes to restaurants, my wife teases me that I just can't, if, if all the menu has is the menu and no pictures, I'm lost. I, I'm not intrigued. I'm not drawn to anything. But it doesn't make a difference. If there's one picture on there, that's what I'm going to order. And she'll say, well, you don't like that. I said, yeah, but I, it looks good. <laughs> and that's not going to change your life, whether you eat a hamburger or a salad or whatever. But there are some views along the way that if you let them alter you and you let them move you and you make them cause you to, to go and come, uh, it may be a tragic ending. So let's, let's look at this. The goings and comings of Abraham Lot and the view along the way. If you're going to make a choice based upon what you saw, going back to the text in chapter 13, 
can I say to you, here's some principles. If you're going to make a choice based upon what you think you saw, don't you think that you probably ought to first of all inquire of the Lord and see what he's seeing. Find out how God sees what you think you see. God can see in the distance. He can see it all perfectly, completely, judiciously. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 4.13, neither is there any creature that is not manifested in his sight. But all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. God saw that before you did. And he knows what it's all about. So wouldn't it be good to get a hold of the Lord and say, Lord, I'm looking at some things and I'm wondering if it's all that I think it is from here. I, I'm just looking from my, my vantage point. But I understand you can see everything completely and perfectly. I wonder what you think about what I'm seeing. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. But someone would ask the question, how in the world can Lot, who is flesh and bone and blood, ever see from God's perspective? How can he ever see through God's eyes? Well, I notice in the text that there's two ways. Good news. I'm glad that God has given me a measure of his eyesight. <laughs> He has let me see things from his perspective. But that's not just me, that's you also. He wants you to be able to see things as he sees them. You say, well, how can you do that? Well, first of all, obviously, there was a word about that place. Because the Bible tells us concerning Sodom and Gomorrah, it said before the Lord destroyed Sodom. So there's judgment going to be on that land. And verse 13 said, but the men of Sodom were wicked sinners before the Lord. Now I know he didn't have a Bible. He didn't have the word of God printed on paper. But God still had a word that he could share with him as he shared his word with Abraham, as he shared his word with Elijah, as he shared his word throughout the Bible, and as he still shares his word with us. Aren't you glad God still speaks? But I'm going to tell you, Lot didn't have what we have. We have the word of God. So why in the world should we ever make a move because of how we see things when we can go to this book and search it out and say, God, show me in here what you've got to say about what I think I'm seeing. He may have a word before you make that move that'll change your mind and will deliver you as far as your life is concerned. Yeah, the word. But not only was there a word, there, there was an altar. 
The scripture tells us on two occasions there that Abraham had an altar. There was worship. That's what we did tonight. We worshiped. Boy, I'm going to tell you something. You will see things differently when you enter into the presence of the Lord and you worship him. You will behold him on high and then thank God you will be able to see from his perspective. In other words, you need God to talk to you and you need a place to find where you can talk to him upon your knees and say, God, this is a deciding point in my life. I'm going to have to make a move of some sort. I have no choice at this point, but I'm looking in a certain area. Would you please tell me what you see? <laughs> you, may even not, you may not even have to make a move. You ever had the Holy Ghost say, no? Or have you ever had the Holy Ghost say, Yes. So I'm saying in the view, in the, it, we're all going and coming. We're, we're all went and came in our lives and there are views along the way, but let us be cautious. Let us first of all find out what God has to say about what we're seeing. The second thing that I would emphasize, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to zero in on Uncle Abraham. Uncle Abraham. Uncle Abraham has walked with God. Uncle Abraham has had promises from God. And Uncle Abraham has been shown things. While Lot is looking towards Sodom and Gomorrah, paying heaven no mind, heaven comes to this doesn't come out of Abraham. Uh, what, what Lot saw started in him. We'll notice that in a, in a while. And, and, and that's, he made his choice based upon what was in him as he was looking out there. But it was God who came to Abraham and said, Abraham, come outside the tent, boy. I got something I want to show you. <laughs> said, I didn't call you out of that place for nothing. I want you to lift up your eyes. I want you to look to the east. I want you to look to the west. I want you to look to the north. I want you to look to the south. Because every bit of that that you're seeing, I'm giving you, boy. Looky, looky, looky. Woo. Huh? This is Uncle Abraham. And Lot has been able to journey with Uncle Abraham up to this time. And everything that Lot has comes through the blessing upon Abraham. Has been handed down. Hey children, do you realize how much of who you are and what you have in life and have been able to enjoy came down from someone else? that has walked with God and loved you and prayed for you and cared for you. So here's what I want to say to you, what I would say to Lot. Lot, along the journeys of life, if you're going to make a decision based upon the view that's going to affect the days ahead, don't you think, don't you think you ought to find out how Uncle Abraham sees it? 
Now, we are privileged to get on our faces before God and read his word to get the answers to what we're seeing. But yet God has also given us flesh and blood in contact. People that we know have something. People we know that have spent time with God. People who have walked with the Lord. People who have obeyed the Lord. People who have loved. We've been around them enough to know that these are people that know God. So why under God's heaven would Lot make a decision based upon a sight that he had, a view that he had by himself? Why didn't he go to Uncle Abraham and say, Uncle Abraham, if we're going to have to split up, and they're not mad at one another, it's the, it's the cattle ranchers that's upset. And he said, I, 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 if we're going to have to separate from one another, I've been looking down. I don't know if you, if you look down in that way down through there. I'm wondering if, if what I'm seeing is really what I need to see. Yes, Uncle Abe, now you've walked with God. You've got promises. You've built altars. I've been, away, I've been awake at night. Listen, you prayed to him in the wee hours of the night. You know God. Would you please help me? Come over here. Look down there. What do you think? <laughs> Never make a decision based upon your own eyesight. Find somebody else that you know's got good vision. <laughs> How many times I, I remember <laughs> when I had to go from no glasses to glass reading glasses. Now I have to have the whole nine yards. <laughs> but if I happen to be somewhere where the, I mean. I ain't got my glasses and I've been looking at it. It's important. I'll look around and see somebody's got some good eyesight and say, what does that say on that medicine bottle? <laughs> I don't want to take three if it says one. Right? Yeah. Right. Come on. You don't have to. Why are you making that? Have you talked to the preacher about that? Have you talked to a sister in Christ? Have you talked to grandma who walks with God and daddy or somebody like that? Have you, have you went in to listen to what the saints have to say about what you're fixing to do based upon how you see it? Now, I don't think Abraham knew any more about that country than he did because it's not brought up in Scripture to right here. But Abraham had some principles he lived by. Huh? Yeah. Now, I, I've never had to make choices you're going to have to make, and you've never had to make choices. That, but there are principles that we all ought to live by. Right. That's yeah. right. He could have said, well, now, uh, sit down here, boy, and let me talk to you. And I don't want to talk to you about my relationship with God and how I make my choices. So first thing I want to ask you is, who pointed that out to you? Who brought that to your attention? Oh, well, I don't know. I just looked down there and it looked good. Man, if you looked, it really looks good. Hey, young lady, he may look good. Hey, young man, she may look good. But that don't mean that that's the right one for you. Oh, that move may look good, but it may be bad. Be careful. Find somebody that's got some principles of God in them. He'd have said, son, I ain't going after nothing God ain't pointed out. If he didn't show it to me, I don't want it. And didn't God show it to him? (laughs) He didn't have to say, I think, or maybe, or what. Hey, God said, come out here. I'm going to show you something. 
Now let me take a minute. And I know I've mentioned this here. I love to talk about it. I remember being in Bible school and uh, Bible college in Greenville, South Carolina. And uh, there's a boy from the, the mountains of North Carolina, Spruce Pine, moved down there to go to school. I knew nothing about the mountains. I moved there from Ohio to go to school. And he moved in. They told him, so to use the school room board with, they thought I was, had a boarding house or something. It was a 40 by uh, 10 trailer, 12 trailer. I said, well, come on in. You can help pay for things. So he stayed there for a while. And he came in one night and he said, uh, can I read you something? I said, what is it? He said, it's a Dear John letter. I said, who's John? <laughs> he said, my girlfriend's breaking up with me. Well, I didn't want to hear that. I said, but I was going to be kind. I said, go ahead and read it. So he got this letter out and this young lady was writing him telling that she wanted him to serve God and she believed she wanted, him, she wanted to serve God, but she did not believe that it was God's will that they do it together. So basically she's breaking up with him in a kind way. But encouraging him to find God's will. But the, here's the long story short, the more the sh- that he read, the more I liked. Man, sounded pretty good to me. Now I'm this 18, 19 year old boy. I'm not even thinking about dating. I'm just going around with them preachers down there to camp meetings and things like that and enjoy it. And, 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 and so he got done reading it and I said, you got a picture of her? <laughs> He said, I, I sure do. I've still got the picture. <laughs> he ran back in. He came out with the picture, and I looked at it. Now, look, listen to me. Listen to me. This don't happen every day, and I ain't no Benny the Hen. <laughs> Have you ever had God speak to you, and you knew he was talking to you? I looked at that picture, and the Holy Ghost said to me, just as clear as the day said, that's your wife. I don't know if he saw the expression on my face when I found out who my wife's going to be. <laughs> the one that just broke out. So I looked over top of the picture. I said, when are you going back home? He said, I'm going home two weeks. I said, I think I'll go with you. Now I'm going to tell you what I did. Set and sealed. God had already showed it to me. I got in that little car rode with him to the mountains of North Carolina to the Temple Baptist Church that I later pastored for 18 and a half years. I went in on that Sunday morning for one reason. I wanted to see what God showed me. <laughs> Don't ask me what they sang. Don't ask me what they preached. I didn't know and I didn't care. Sitting right on that piano over there, 18 year old girl playing that piano and all I did was look! <laughs> I dated her twice and asked her to marry me. I was going to on the first day, but I was afraid she'd think I was jumping the gun or something. I didn't want to alarm her or something. That's the truth. And we didn't get married to you, but I, 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 hey, you said, well, why'd you do that? God showed her to me. I knew that was it. God had already put in her heart that she was not to date anybody but a preacher. She's going to be a preacher's wife. And God had already put in my heart not to date anybody but a young lady that knew she was going to, because I didn't want to drag, drag some growl, uh, some gal, some gal growling across the country. <laughs> it was settled because God showed her and he showed me and we both saw the same thing. Hallelujah. He said, Lot, how come you got that on your mind? 
Where, where'd you, where'd that thought come from? Second thing he would have said, well, Lord, let me ask this. This is the only thing I tell you. I don't know nothing about that down there. The second thing I want to ask is, you, who owns that? Well, what do you mean, who owns it? Well, I just want to know who's the proprietor of that place down there because I ain't going nowhere what God ain't given me already. He said, every, foot I, every step I take of my foot, I'm stepping on something God will give me. I ain't going to run off into somebody's world to operate in their world. I'm going where God wants me to go and has a promise. In other words, what I'm saying to you, boy, have you got a promise for something down there? Have you got a promise for what you're seeing? If you don't have a, he said, if I didn't have a promise, I wouldn't budge. And the second, third thing I want to ask you, boy, is he's asking, he ought to ask Uncle Abe, ask a saint, find somebody that knows God. And they may say to you, is God going with you down there? Moses said, Lord, if you ain't going with us, I ain't going. Huh? <laughs> and Jesus said, I never leave you. I don't want to go where he ain't. Wherever I go, I want the blessed assurance that he's riding down the road with me. He's there with me. He promised it. His presence is there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hey, young people, are you hearing what I'm saying? Hey, older folks, are you hearing what I'm saying? If you're going to make a decision because of the view along the way, you need to find out how God sees it, and you need to find out how the saints see it. third thing I would say to you <clears throat> if Lot is going to make this choice and the goings and comings based upon the view he needs to find out how Sodom sees it Lot should have called one of his servants and said listen I've been looking down there at that place that's, it looks really nice. But I want you to go down there and ask around and see how they see things. Mm-hmm. Boy, you need, before you ever make a move, find out how they see things. I'm talking about the things you're looking at. How are they looking back? <laughs> With what eyes you're looking at them, what eyes are they looking back at you? Well, that's what your life's going to be entangled in. Go down there and ask them about faith. First thing is, is you can tell them about me and Uncle Abraham. I've been following him around. He knows God. He even builds altars. Ask them if they got any altars, not just them old wicked altars either. You ask them if they know anything about Jehovah and Elohim. You go down there and ask them about him. Wouldn't took them long walking through that town. You get talking about Jehovah and Elohim, they'd say, oh, no, we, we, don't, we don't even allow that kind of talk around here. We, you get locked up for that. Ask them about righteousness. Yes, sir. Ask them about righteousness. God accounted Abraham righteous because he believed. Ask them about righteousness which is attached to holiness. What do they think about that? Well, they'd have run them out of town. Y'all do what? 
You have what kind of people down here? Y'all practice what? And you have how many different lifestyles? And a man's not a man and a woman's not a woman and, and all this gender's all mixed up and everything. You have Sodom and Gomorrah. He'd run back there and said, Oh, Lord, don't go down there. They're crazy. You don't want your youngins messed up in that rot down there. They saw angels as men. They couldn't see spiritually. They saw right as wrong and wrong as right. They saw righteousness as wickedness and wickedness as righteousness. Isn't that what's happening in America to this day? They're flipping it upside down and they're demanding we see it the way they see it. But hey, as a child of God, we can't ever see it that way. I mean, it's not that I don't want to see it that way. I can't see it that way. I'm looking through the eyes of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you something, Lord. I went down there like you asked me, and you don't want him go because of the way they see things. You better find out how that boy sees things. You better find out how that girl sees things. You better find out because this whole world doesn't see things like we see things. You're right, preacher. Huh? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Lord, in his goings and comings, and his went and came, his traveling with Uncle Abraham. Uncle Abraham sees some things, and oh, thank God for the same. But Lord is seeing some things. There's a view. There's a view along the way. But be careful with the view. My last thing I would say to you, if Lot is going to make a choice based upon his views of things. He needs not only to see things as God saw them, as Uncle Abraham saw them, as Sodom and Gomorrah saw them, but he needs to see things like he's seeing them. There needs to come that time that you go stand in front of a mirror and look at yourself and say to yourself, Is what I'm seeing keeping me from seeing what I need to see? Are there some things that I need to see that I can't see because of what I am seeing? Has this blinded me so that I cannot see? Oh boy, haven't you seen that happen so many times? in the life of somebody that's starting off to some country that they have no promise. God hadn't, it's not, he hadn't pointed it out. And you can just, you know it's going to be trouble and you try to tell them and they can't see it. The prodigal son couldn't see it. But honey, I'm going to tell you something. In this matter of what you see, what it comes down to is you're going to have to lay down the telescope and turn inward with the microscope and find out what's going on in here. Is, is what's inside of here keeping you from seeing what you need to see? 
I think if he'd have really looked at himself, he'd he'd have realized that he had some real problems with his eyesight coming from the inside. That's where it all starts. How you see things out there is because of what you're seeing on the inside. And I thought about that. You know, what he saw out there kept him from seeing the pride that was in here. Well, you need to check your heart as to where it's at in relationship to those that are around you in a relationship with God before you make any decision based upon sight. Because if it ain't right in here, it'll never be right out there. If you can't get in the mirror and search the heart on the inside and find out everything's right in there, don't make no move out there. If it's wrong in here, it'll be wrong out there. Abraham said to him, here's where we see things are not right to begin with. Any choice he makes is going to be a bad choice based upon his sight. Abraham comes to him because the herdsmen are upset at one another. He said, look, the herdsmen are upset and everything, and, and no problem between you. No, we don't want no trouble. So what we'll have to do is part ways. But, but I'll tell you what, I'll let you decide. You look out and choose whatever you want, and I'll take what's left over. And you know what he did? Man, I'm going to get that before he does. <laughs> I hope he ain't seen what I've seen. That down there, that's what I'm getting. I ain't going to let him get that. Whereas what he should have done, he should have said, I'm talking about pride was in his heart. Arrogancy. No humility. What he should have said was, Uncle Abe, everything I am and everything I got has come from God through you. I'm not choosing first. I'm not qualified to choose first. You're God's man. You make your choice and I'll take what's left. It would have been all right. Because what would have been left, God would have okayed it. It wouldn't have been Sodom and Gomorrah, I assure you of that. Pride swelling up. He should have submitted to his uncle and said, you make the choice. (laughs) It's the prodigal son story all over again in the Bible so many times. The arrogancy of an Absalom or of a lot. Not willing to step back and say, oh no, I'm not even going to look until you've looked. Because everything I am, I owe indirectly to you. Pride is in there. What about all those privileges? He cannot see that everything that he has has come as a result of this connection to God that he has through Abraham. And he's thinking that he can turn as the prodigal son and take all of that bounty into that far country And continue to be blessed. But he walked away from his blessing. Don't walk away from your blessing. Look, here's what I want to close with. 
Here he is now. Man, look at that. Cattle. Well-watered plains. A big town and city to do business in. Oh, that's got to be it. From what I'm seeing, I could make a real living down there. Come on, kids. Mama, get the cattle and everything we got. Get the wagons up. We're headed into that country. <laughs> and he made that view. He made that whole move based upon his view along the way. And then he got down there. And you know what I read in Luke chapter number 17. Until Lot, whose very soul was vexed, the scripture tells us, Peter, in that place. He leaves out of there with basic, with nothing really, two, two daughters when it's all over with. Nothing. Here's what you don't want to do. You don't want to make a choice based upon how you see things, you feel things, and then get there, way down there, that you've made the move now and it's too late, and find out, this is how I'm wording this, that what you're really seeing is not what you thought you saw. How many of a young Marian married a woman just because she looked good and down the road he said, man, that's not what I thought I saw. I'm seeing things now I didn't see then. How many young ladies have married a young man and they got down the road and they said, oh, this is not how it looked from there. You don't want to have to look at things from here and then get down at the end and look back and say, man, I wish I'd have never made that move or even look in this direction. (laughs) Boy, that's different from Uncle Abe. Uncle Abraham had that promise and he held on to it all the way down. Huh? He left that promise to Isaac. He left that promise to Jacob. Man, that thing is still going. And Abraham never looked back and said, man, I wish I'd have never looked in this direction. Let me tell you something. I got saved December 29th, 1968. I saw something, and it was real. I mean, the Lord showed me something when he came to me and showed me I was lost and I needed to be saved. He showed me all the gospel, how that it was, it, it was more than just a head knowledge. It was hard. I mean, I saw more in a moment's time, a second's time. I mean, you couldn't measure the time. And I said, wow. Man. I didn't even know a place like that existed. I didn't know there was a place where you could get to where there would be peace and joy. 
and the Holy. I didn't know none of that existed in this old world, but I saw it. Promises, the amenities of salvation, the church. Aren't you glad for the church? Amen. The Word of God, the songs of Zion. Yeah, amen. He just kept showing me things. And hey, it's been 55 years. I'm still looking, I'm still seeing things. And I like what I'm seeing. Amen. Amen. Listen to me. It's been almost 55 years since I looked in this direction. 55 years. And I'm sort of over here. Now, there have been some bumps along the way. We've all, as Job, we've, as was sung, we've had our ups and downs along. But I'm going to tell you something. It's been 55 years. Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> I've got to tell you. It's 55 years from where I first saw it. And it's still looking like I thought I saw. I look into the eyes of that wife and I say, oh God, I'm still seeing it. Thank you. I look at those four youngins and I say, oh God, I still see it. Thank you. I look at those 13 grand youngins and I say, oh God, I'm still seeing it. Thank you. And I look now at a great grand young and I say, oh God, I'm still seeing it. And as I cross the country, going into church to church and precious pastors and people, I say, oh God, I'm, I'm glad you showed me this. I'm still seeing it. Amen. I don't want to end up going to a place based upon sight and saying, man, this ain't nothing like I thought I saw it. 55 years. (laughs) And she's still looking good. Huh? And if you'll just look at things like God sees them, and you can. If you'll find you somebody that can pray with you about what you're looking at, you can. And if you'll look on the inside here and make sure that there's nothing keeping you from seeing what you need to see, you can. Then you can go 55 years. How many of you have been saved over 55 years? Y'all are old-timers, aren't you? (laughs) Raise that hand again. If you could go back to where you first saw it, would you change your mind? Huh? Has anybody changed their mind? Nobody? Sounds like a pretty good thing. Abraham drawed his eyes and said, I'm even looking for a country. I'm even looking for a city. <laughs> so how come, Abe, why are you stuck on that? Oh, I've seen it. That's where I'm going. Whew. And I've seen something far beyond this world. I've seen a place where I'm going to get to go. Yes, sir. And I believe when I get there, I'm going to say, man, this is better than what I thought I saw. 
A long life's journey, you'll see some things. Find out how God sees that. Find you a good Christian, find out how they see that. Get you in the mirror and look and see what's going on. 